This is KHHO AM 850 in Tacoma, Washington, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle. Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back to Recovery Coast to Coast. Nice to have you with us tonight. I'm Neil Scott. Uh, we are here until midnight tonight. And, of course, in hour number two, we always have a person in long-term recovery. And we have a, a really interesting woman who's going to join us tonight. Some of you may know her. If you're in the Seattle area, you probably have heard her on the radio. Uh, she's a former radio personality at KJRFM. We'll tell you a little bit about that in just a couple of minutes. We want to remind you that if you are in long-term recovery and you'd like to share your story of experience, strength, and hope, we certainly invite you to drop us an email at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net if you have been in long-term recovery at least one year, either in a 12-step program, maybe not a 12-step program, faith-based program, whatever path that you followed. And there are many paths to recovery. Well, we'd like to know about it. We'd like to have you share your story with our nationwide audience. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, maybe just suggest a guest. Uh, again, recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. So tonight, hour number two, former midday host of KJRFM. Her name is Heidi May, and she's a, a great on-air talent. Before being at KJRFM, she was over at KBSG Radio in Seattle. She's currently a marketing consultant and uh, a very active member of the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure. She is a recovering alcoholic, and she is a recovering breast cancer survivor, and she has an absolutely amazing story that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Our program is on the air Monday through Friday from 10 to midnight, and if you happen to miss any of the programs, uh, you can go to our website, recoverycoasttocoast.org, and you'll find some of the older programs on our past shows page. Recovery Coast to Coast, so nice to have you with us tonight. Short time out, back on the other side with the amazing Heidi May. Alcohol is running your life. You want help, but can't take time away from work to get it. Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown M Ranch outpatient programs have helped thousands recover from addiction without losing time on the job. Nationally recognized for innovative, effective, and affordable treatment programs, Sundown M Ranch will help you put your life back on track. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. I promise to hug my husband. I promise to eat a vegetable as big as my head. What promises have you made today? I promise not to paint the living room. American Family Insurance knows promises are easy to make. Until my wife picks out a color she likes. But they're not always easy to keep. At American Family, the commitments we make are commitments we intend to keep. Because our promises are the foundation of relationships we've built with generations of policyholders. I promise to take my dog for a walk. We promise to treat your family like our family and give you honest, straightforward answers. We promise. 
I like taking my dog for a walk. Visit AmFam.com to find an American Family Agent near you. American Family Insurance. All your protection under one roof. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its subsidiaries. Home Office, Madison, Wisconsin. The Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies Distance Learning Training offers the required curriculum necessary to start working as a chemical dependency counselor. It's academically solid, provides learning experiences in various formats with an emphasis on treatment, prevention, counseling techniques, case management, and other related areas, offering basic knowledge and skills to be a successful chemical dependency counselor. Find out more about this NADAC-approved training. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. First, your child's heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Your child may experience nausea and want to sleep it off. Hopefully, your child will resist that urge and won't slip into a coma or die from this prescription painkiller overdose. Of course, kids who learn about the dangers of drugs from their parents are 40% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than those who don't. So talk to your child now, and there's a pretty good chance that this will never happen to your child. For more information, visit drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for a Drug-Free Washington in America. Need professional-looking documents? Office Depot can help. From small jobs to bound presentations, bring in your document or submit it at officedepot.com. We'll ship virtually anywhere. Plus, our work is backed by the Office Depot Satisfaction Guarantee. Office Depot, taking care of business. Whoa, Office Depot! Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. A friend of mine, she cries at night and she calls me on the phone. She's babies everywhere she goes and she wants one of her own. She's waiting long enough, she says, and still you can't decide. Pretty soon she'll have to choose. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Great to have you with us tonight. If you are a first-time listener, an extra special welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Tonight, we have in the studio Heidi May, a fascinating woman who has a great story of recovery. Heidi, welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. Thanks, Neil. It's great to be here. You know, one of the things that I noticed about you is that, uh, and we talked a little bit about this off the air, is that at the age of 13, Uh you were working at the famous twin teepees yes the infamous twin teepees here in seattle near green lake right across the street from green lake yeah holy smokes i'm a seattle girl through and through but i'm also uh uh, alcoholic through and through because back then I was smuggling wine out of the cellar at the Twin Teepees at the age of 13 and Holy smokes. hiding it behind the dumpster. How long have you been sober? Um, Twelve and a half years. All right. Let's go back to the beginning. Was it before 13 that you started drinking? Yeah. 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 How did that happen? Um, well, my girlfriends and I, uh, we would put together what they would call like rat poison. <laughs> we would just like Delicious. an array of her mom's uh, booze. And actually, at the age of 13, I OD'd. Um, I was very uh, active in school. I was vice president of my freshman class at Lincoln High School here in Seattle, which is no more around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I planned the high school dance, and it was November 17th. 
1978, I OD'd um, from alcohol. Yeah, that was the... Was it, that wasn't the first time you drank, though. No, no. Mm-mm. Tell me about the first drink you had. Oh, Neil, I don't even really remember. I, it, mm-hmm. I think probably I was 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. What had it attracted you to, to drinking? I think that, um, well, a lot of us alcoholics have, uh, hmm, let's just say, reasons for drinking. And, and my childhood was not exactly idyllic. It wasn't mm-hmm. leave it to beaver or anything like that. So I think um, I was just trying to self-medicate. And, uh, you know, I hung with people who did it. And, um, you know, I tried pot and everything else, too. But it was really always alcohol for this girl. What happened on the OD? Um, well... Apparently, we were outside. We were bootlegging here in Seattle, me and a few friends. And uh, it was in the winter. It was cold. And I think we got a pint of uh, 151 and a pint of Southern Comfort. And so everyone was shivering, and we were, like, straight-shotting it. And uh, they all wanted to go in, but uh uh-uh. And back then, you got to understand, I was 13. I probably weighed about 90 pounds. And so uh, I was guzzling. I was just, I did not want to waste that. So then I went into the dance, and I don't remember anything else. I woke mm. up in the hospital the next morning. Um, I, they had, to, the medics uh, aid unit had to come pick me up and uh, take me to the hospital. And then when I came to the next morning, I had, there was a parade of like, I don't know, five different doctors that came in, and they all lectured me and told me two more gulps, and I would have been dead. My blood alcohol level was 3.8. Wow. If you can believe that, for a little 90-pound 90, 90 wow. girl. Yeah. Yeah. I was. It, it was pretty bad. Mm. Tell me about your parents, how they reacted to that. Well, I was on restriction forever. <laughs> <laughs> you still are on restriction, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was— Did they have any, any idea that you were drinking like that? No, I think that that probably opened their eyes pretty mm. good. Um, but uh, no, I don't. I don't believe they really knew. Uh-uh. So you're 13. You OD. Mm-hmm. You get the lecture in the hospital, and yeah. then then you're out. What happens? Um, well, finally, I get off restriction, and I don't really think I learned much from it, Neil, mm. <laughs> because mm. uh, it didn't stop me, and um, I continued to drink. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just what I did. And the people, the crowd that I hung out with, it's what we did. Mm. So it was just normal. So you had two basic loves early on. One, alcohol. Mm-hmm. The other, radio. Absolutely. I, I grew up here in Seattle listening to King and KJR Radio. Yeah, yeah. And um, I knew from the age of 11 that I wanted to be on the radio. I would... Uh, Listen to the radio. I'd call in. I was like a groupie to these uh, disc jockeys, <laughs> and I'd get on the Andy Barber boogie line on King, and um, I would uh, request songs and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And so I absolutely knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the radio. And so when I graduated high school, I enrolled in uh, the old Bailey School of Broadcast. Oh, but goodness, Dick Curtis. <laughs> Dick Curtis. Yeah. Uh, he was. Um, he oversaw things there. Um, I think I don't know, head administrator or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he was. Uh, he's still a friend. I just had lunch with him last week. Really? Yeah, he's doing great, by the way. Wow! Yeah, wow! Nice but, guy. Now the Bailey School is long since. Oh, gone. long gone. Are, Are you... there any radio schools? I, Evergreen has got. I know got something, but. Um, other than a couple of you know, like 
a high mm. school here and yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I don't not not very many. They all go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you had the passion for radio. Absolutely. And and then you set out with some cassette tapes, and you yep. went around the state and said, "Hire me." I did. <laughs> and I got hired in all uh, cities of Puyallup. Puyallup, Washington. That was my first radio job. Cajun. Mm-hmm. KJUN, Cajun country. Yeah, yeah. So were you drinking during all this time? Well, um, not as much per se. And also when I, you know, I got into radio really young. Um, and if I wasn't around my friends and also I wasn't legal to buy it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I was really, um, I, I still drank when I could, but I was concentrating on my career at the time. Heidi May joining us tonight, uh, a grateful recovering alcoholic. Uh, w- when you started getting into trouble after that, um, did, w- did the drinking start increasing? Did you start getting in trouble with it? Uh, what was the progression like? Well, when I was 25 years old, um, my little sister Shannon died of a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. She was 21. And, you know, I always had this alcoholism thing in me. Um, and then it really blossomed. It really came alive when Shannon died. And uh, she was three years younger than me. Um, and so at that point, I, uh, I I got married young. I had a couple little babies. But um, Within months of that, I was separated and divorced uh, within months of my sister's death. And um, then I started having blackouts, Mm. you know. Um, I think actually maybe I had started a little bit before that. But, yeah, I was a – I don't like to say was. I am a blackout drinker. I'm just uh, Mm – lucky that I haven't had a blackout in a long time in recovery. Mm. Did anybody approach you and say, I'm concerned about you? No. Uh-uh. Really? Okay. Um, for one thing, I started hiding it pretty well. And um, yeah, I don't know how or why, but um, I don't know. I, I And also, I was a high kind of a high bottom drunk you know Mm -hmm. I had a great job these beautiful kids nice house nice Mm -hmm. car all that and so I was in denial big time too drinking pretty much alone Uh, towards the end yeah Mm. Mm. yeah and then you had a DUI I did Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't uh, drive drunk very often at that time but I had, trust me, I had earned so many DUIs that I never got, mm-hmm. but I totally should have, you know. Um, but I didn't, uh, I was married at the time, and I, I, you know, he mostly drove. He was a normie. He d- mm. didn't have a problem with alcohol. So, um, but yeah, I went to a bachelorette party, and uh, I got uh, popped right near home, not very far from home at all. And um, so that's that was the... I always like to say, and it's true for me, that sometimes beautiful things are wrapped in ugly packages. And that DUI scared the, you know, it really scared me to death. And I thought my life was over. I really didn't know who I'd be or what I'd be without alcohol, you know. So even though I got this DUI, um, I wasn't really out of my denial yet. So we we hired a lawyer. I was going to try to fight it. And then... um, a couple, I think there was a horrific uh, drunk driving accident uh, all over the news. Someone had been killed. And also, I realized that it could damage um, our, it, it could, ser- if I were to be found guilty, the repercussions, I didn't want to pay. So at that point, I dropped the lawyer and decided to uh, go into treatment. Uh, I did the deferred program. Um, and so I was able to 
get myself into treatment. And uh, uh, even when I went to treatment, I came home and told my husband at the time that, you know, I guess they want me to quit drinking because they said something about um, doing pee tests. I mean, that's how naive <laughs> I was. That's how ignorant I was. Um, but so I started going to these meetings that I was court ordered to go to, and I started really liking what I was hearing. When you went to your first meeting, was there resistance? No, I, it was probably one of the scariest things I had ever done. That, walking into the treatment center was mm-hmm. really scary. I would have to like dress down jeans and a sweatshirt was really a little, not, I, I kind of went to a rough place because. Sounds I, like you went to Fremont. <laughs> no, I didn't. But oh. it was, um, it, this was the treatment center and I chose this mm-hmm. one because it had le- the, I only had to do it three nights a week instead of four or five and. Um, so I was still hiding it. I was mm. I was um, lying about where I was to my family, to my kids. Um, and so I wasn't quite free yet. I, I was still kind of. So they didn't even know you were in treatment. Well, my husband did, but my uh, my kids mm. didn't. It took me a while until I was able to get honest with myself and then everyone else. How did you tell them? What happened was, uh, it's kind of funny, it's kind of interesting. The day that I was actually able to quit drinking was the day I uh, told my mom and dad. I told them about the DUI, and this was several months after. I got the DUI in August, and my sobriety date is 12-29-01. And so finally, when I came clean to my parents, I was able to, at that point, um, and I was almost uh, graduated from Uh, intensive outpatient Mm -hmm. treatment at that time. I graduated January 1st, I think. So uh, finally, when I got honest with them, I think I was able to, and I had been going to meetings for a couple of months at that point too. And I'd try to quit, but then I'd find myself in a blackout again. Mm. So, um, you know, it it took what it took. Mm. Did you you work the full program initially? Did you get a sponsor? Yeah. You did all of the things you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know, I kind of got high off the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was one of those pink, pink cloud. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I was on a pink cloud because I was learning all this stuff that totally made sense. It just, you know, down to my toes, I knew it was the truth. Because honestly, Neil, out there we don't hear the kind of honesty that we can hear in these meetings. People uh, being brutally honest about their drinking, mm-hmm. about, you know, all kinds of things that were not very pretty or not very becoming. But we could talk about it, be honest about it, and laugh about it. It was freeing. And so I was really attracted to that, honest, that honesty. It's still to this day, I go to those meetings because the honesty, um, it just is a real turn on for me. You can't find that everywhere. Tell me about the first year. Were there uh, possibilities of drinking? Were there temptations? Were there still slippery places for you? Absolutely. The first year, I just wanted to blow through it. I wanted to have every season under my belt. I wanted to have the camping trips done. You know, I I was scared I might, um, you know, drink when we went camping with our friends. Like, you know, I mean, really, all I ever, everything I did, I made sure there was alcohol. So mm-hmm. um, I think it was probably good that I quit at the end of December. So I didn't have to really look at the holidays for a while. Um, And I think the only reason why I was able to not drink on New Year's Eve that year is because I actually worked at the Space Needle that night doing a live broadcast. So um, I just, yeah, I I was worried. I was, but I also remember a couple months in where I was a couple months sober and I remember one day driving up the street near my home and thinking, 
oh my gosh, I haven't thought about drinking today. <laughs> I remember that vividly. The first time, you know, when it started uh, hitting me that maybe maybe I could get some long-term sobriety. Heidi May joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast, coming up on 13 years uh, uh, clean and sober and, and, and talking about the, the miracle that is recovery. And you, you went through an outpatient program. You started going into the rooms, into the meetings. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine your friends probably started changing, too, with oh, people gosh. who were sober. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything changed. You know, um, that's what they always tell you, uh, that, you know, the only thing you have to change is, is everything. everything yeah. And it sounds scary. And um, who the heck wants to do all that? Oh, my gosh. Change is hard enough. But um, literally, uh, it was it was a big change. And to this day, I mostly uh, most of my friends are sober. Mm. Um, I do. uh I'm not one of those people who absolutely cannot be around uh, people who are drinking. I'm okay, but once they start repeating themselves and stuff, I'm out of there. <laughs> you know, that's enough for me. But I really try not to be judgmental because, but for the grace of God, yeah, there go I, yeah, you know. Yeah. Go back to your parents for a second and, and their reaction to what you told them then and how they're doing now in relation to your recovery. What I told them when I finally came yeah. clean about the DUI, yeah. um, they, my mom told me she was proud of me. Mm. And my dad, I think, you know, I know that they knew for a long, yeah. for many years, they worried about me. You know, I thought that I was fooling everyone. But, um, yeah, for many years, they really worried a lot. They worried about me, um, you know, driving and uh, other things. But... They never really said anything, um, but yeah, they were supportive, absolutely, and that's probably the kind of re- reaction I needed to, that I would respond best to, you know, and so I didn't, I don't think I wanted to let them down at that point. Mm, mm. And and you were back to driving, you were working. D- did the alcohol affect your career at all? I, I really couldn't tell you. Mm. I don't know if it did or not up to that point, but... Um, you know, when I became clean and sober, I was working for someone in recovery, and it took me a long time to get up the nerve to tell him. And then when I did, he violated my anonymity. Oh, no. And so that I think that I held on to that and used that mm. kind of as an excuse mm. to not, uh, you know, be open about it for a while. I was really embarrassed. I was ashamed. I would look at people and go, oh, my God, I bet they don't go home and drink themselves into oblivion every night and into blackout. And I had such remorse. Guilt, you know. shame. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So to finally get sober and not have that is you know, it was a miracle. It was amazing to have that part of my life removed after so long. Do you remember your first birthday, your first one-year birthday, being clean and sober? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I had, it was like uh, miracles were falling from the sky. I, I had all <laughs> kinds of lucky things going on, and yeah, I do. Yeah. Heidi May is joining us tonight in a recovery coast to coast, a grateful recovering alcoholic, uh, a woman in long-term recovery. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with more of Recovery Coast to Coast right after this time out. I'm Neil Scott. Thanks for joining us. We are here until midnight tonight. 
These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and the cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? Well, you know, there is help and there is hope at Sundown M Ranch. They'll focus on you and your disease, and you'll discover the dependence on drugs and alcohol is not living at all. Sundown M Ranch is a nationally recognized alcohol and drug addiction treatment center outside of Yakima, Washington. They'll help you reclaim your life and transform your fears into hope. Take the first step right now. Go online at www.sundown.org. Your daughter's wasted. Again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. And then her addiction really takes off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later... The police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, one 800 522 4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Recovery Coast to Coast is a program feature of the nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. On the air, thanks to the generosity of our friends and listeners. Now, if you're enjoying Recovery Coast to Coast and would like to help us to continue to carry the message of hope and the promise of recovery, you can make a tax-deductible contribution to the Alliance for Recovery at P.O. Box 314. 451 Seattle, Washington 98103. Or you can donate through PayPal at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Thank you in advance for your support. What a strange way to meet on a train ride bound for recovery. Welcome back once again. Recovery coast to coast on the air till midnight tonight. Nice to have you with us tonight. Nice to have Heidi May in the studio. Uh, she is a woman in long-term recovery, coming about 13 years now. When you got sober, everything changed, of course. Absolutely. Uh, and and you went on facing, I mean, when you get sober, uh, it doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen. Stuff still does happen. Oh, God, yeah. And you are in recovery not only from alcoholism, but you are a cancer survivor. I am, yeah. Tell me that story. Gosh, that was um, four years ago. Uh, It's kind of a long story of how Mm. we discovered that I had this uh, papilloma, a non-cancerous tumor in my breast, and my breast surgeon said, we need to remove it, but no worries. It's no big deal. It's non-cancerous, and as long as we're in there, we're going to go ahead and take a biopsy. Because given my age mm-hmm. and 
And he said, but but no big deal. You have less than 1% chance that we'll find cancer. So um, that was good enough for me. Uh, and the, the it was outpatient surgery. It was no big deal that I went to the follow-up appointment alone because there was less than 1% chance, right? Um, and then that's when he told me that they had found cancer. So um, that was January 20th, 2010. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then we decided that a lumpectomy would be the way to go. And so we did that uh, in early February. I think it was February 6th or something. Mm. So not too far after that. And it really didn't go well. Why? Well, I woke up towards the end of the surgery and just in pain, and I wasn't supposed to be awake. That's They're, not a good thing no. to wake up during surgery. <laughs> They're like, are you awake? And anyway, then I, uh, in recovery, I used the restroom, and apparently I fainted. It turned out that I was bleeding internally, and so they had to rush me from the surgical center to the hospital to remove a pint of blood from my oh. breast. And this... This was just after they had performed the lumpectomy. So that was like two surgeries in one day, ended up staying the night at the hospital. So that was that did not go well. And then um, for the follow-up appointment f- to find out the pathology results, mm-hmm. that time I took uh, support. I took my son with me because uh, my kids are older now, and uh, he had been um, studying fire science and he was getting some medical training and this and that so anyway he didn't like my doctor much because he was the guy who told me there was less than one percent chance and then also in recovery from that lumpectomy when I was in so much pain he told me to go home and have a shot and so he didn't realize that I was an alcoholic and so my son was not impressed Mm. and I needed him to be on board you know with, with this with me so he went to that appointment with me and I'm like it's no big deal. The worst they can say is that they found more cancer and I'll have to have a mastectomy, but that's not going to happen, right? Well, what do you think happens? <laughs> they found cancer in three more places, and uh, so I had to have a mastectomy, and um, it was really rough. Uh, I had to go see a plastic surgeon, make these choices on reconstructive surgery, and just, just the fact that I had to make a, a decision mm. like that, I was upset that I even had to consider such a thing, you know. So my daughter really, one day I came home from uh, the plastic surgeon and she's like, Mom, just go with with your gut. You're not going to die. And I kind of needed to hear that, I think. So um, I made my decision and I had a mastectomy March 11th, 2010, and I've been cancer-free ever since. Wow. Was there any temptation to drink during that time? No. Mm. Uh Uh-uh. And I don't know why. I just feel like I'm uh, blessed. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky. And I can't ever say that it's all behind me because I have no idea. But I've gone through some rough stuff in sobriety, the death of my father. And and we were very close. That was in 04. And I had just been through the steps. And um, so Mm -hmm. on his deathbed, literally the last day he was coherent, I kind of um, worked some steps there with him, and uh, it was funny because he he lifted his head up off the pillow, and he goes, that's it? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Those are all the amends you have? Mm, that was the, yeah, oh, that, my goodness. That was the amends I got to do with my dad, but he got to see me sober. Oh, wow, how nice. So so the death of my dad, breast cancer, divorce, uh, you know, life. Mm, it's mm. not. It's certainly been no cakewalk. How has recovery helped you get through those challenges? I have a place where I can. I have people. You know, uh, 
I, I go to these meetings and, th- and they're my family. I can mm-hmm. go and throw up all over them and, and just be a blubbering mess. And I have. Uh, it's they, they catch me. They're there for me. It's, um, it's just been really an amazing journey and eye-opening and the honesty I, I get there. It's like my church. It's like my soul food. I get spirituality there. How many meetings a week do you go to? Only about one these days, mm-hmm. um, and that's more of a, a time constraint thing. I work a couple of part-time jobs, and mm-hmm. but I'm very connected. It's really the first meeting I ever went into. Uh, the first meeting I ever walked into, it's my home group, and I still go once nice. a week. Yeah. Nice. That's really, really nice. Yeah, I'm real connected. What about helping other alcoholics? Yeah, I'm a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have sponsees and go through the steps with them, but I got to be honest, uh, up until now, all of my sponsees have drank. <laughs> I've got one that's uh, um, seven years sober now, but I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's really a, sometimes when I think about the statistics and the chances of, uh, you know, people in that treatment room with me, uh, the odds of us becoming sober are, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. It's against the odds. Yeah, very so minimal. I feel very lucky, very yeah. fortunate. Most people don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. How do you work with someone when they get drunk? I mean, do you, do you try to work with them or do you have them pick up another sponsor or do you get angry do you well I how, have, do you, how do you deal with that it just depends on the situation mm-hmm. i have this one gal who um i've been her sponsor mostly on for this last several years and i'm just not the type of person who will fire a sponsee mm-hmm. i don't really think that that's you know i've had those type of sponsors and so i've i've had i'm on my third sponsor in almost 13 years and and i've learned from my first two what to do and what not to do, what worked with me, what I responded to. And so uh, this one gal whom I love dearly, but we are not not in touch right now, and that means she's drinking. Mm. Um, But I will never tell her Mm -hmm. uh, I won't be her sponsor. I did tell her, I suggested maybe she should talk to someone who has more experience with relapse. I just want what's best for her, Mm. and she keeps relapsing. And I don't really have experience in that area, so... But I'm not going to fire her. I'm not going to tell her I'm not her sponsor. You are one of the fortunate ones in terms of getting sober and staying sober without having a relapse. Yeah, yeah, so far. Um, I did in the beginning. I started going to treatment like in early November, Mm. and I finally quit drinking in late December. But I really don't consider that. I was just, you know, so new and so you know, still in denial, going to treatment. I was I was still digesting everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't really consider that relapse so much as not finding my footing yet. Heidi May joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, Heidi, you are a radio personality. You're, you're around uh, parties, events that are, <laughs> are filled with alcohol on many occasions. Right. H- how do you handle that? Well, um, it's funny because I work for a company now where um, I do marketing and I put on an event a couple of weeks ago and they sent me to Costco and I ended up buying $300 worth of booze. What and, was that like? Um, it was kind of funny that 
you know, I ha- I was able to fit all this booze in my car for one thing, and I just thought, oh my God, what if I got pulled over, <laughs> you know? And, or, or what if you saw someone from your home group? Right, right, right. <laughs> there I was with a cart full of alcohol, like you would not believe. But actually, it happened once. I went down to uh, California with my daughter for my niece's wedding, and we were we got in late to this motel. It kind of was a small town, and I was all over the road because we were trying to figure stuff out. So uh, a police officer pulled me over. <laughs> and so I told that story for a long time. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, my goodness. I was cold, cold stone sober, but still got pulled over. But when those lights came on, obviously lights came on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Heidi May joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, December 29th, 01 is uh, uh, when she uh, began her journey in recovery. Who has been most helpful, most influential to you in your recovery? That's a good question. I would have to say the program mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sponsors. Just, uh, you know, seeing the people talk the talk and walk the walk and knowing uh, that I can be honest, you know, because I was in denial big time before I got sober. It was all about looking good, Neil. Sure. It was, that's how I grew up. Like my mom, oh gosh, she won't be listening, so it'll be okay. But she would be like screaming and, and then the phone would ring or someone would be at the door. She'd be little Mary Sunshine. (laughs) And so that's how I grew up. You know, you, you make it look good, Heidi. So Mm. finally, I mean, I even had a problem with people saying how you doing and not always saying good or Mm, great. mm, mm. I had to start doing that in sobriety. That was one of the first things I had to start working on was getting honest. And it's okay to just say, eh, Mm. (laughs) I'm doing okay. Or I'm having one of those days or whatever. But yeah, it's, you know, I was in, it was, that's how I was raised. So you live what you learn. You do indeed. Heidi May joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. We're going to take a short time out. We will be back with more right after this. I lie to all my friends. I mean, I look right at my kids and lie to them. I make excuses to my family. I make excuses to the people at work. I hide the truth from everyone. Cover up at family holidays. You know, act as if everything's okay. Pretend I'm happy. Every day, I deceive everyone close to me. This man isn't addicted to drugs or alcohol. He's just addicted to covering up for someone who is. He thinks it helps, but it doesn't. Find out what does. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Nothing destroys young lives and tears families apart like chemical dependency. But you have the power to put the pieces back together again with one call to Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized program and professionally certified staff treat each individual teen with care and compassion. Safe, gender-separate, successful treatment. Sundown M Ranch helps put families back together. 1-800-326-7444. 1-800-326-7444. Call today. Reason number 22 to switch to GEICO. We think renters are cool. Now, we don't know if you were born cool or if it's just all the cool stuff you have in your apartment. The point is, if you want to protect your considerable coolness, ask GEICO about renters insurance. For as little as $12 a month, you can protect all the stuff you hold near and dear, including that combination flat-screen TV espresso machine. Now that is cool. For a fast, easy rate quote on renter's insurance, visit Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Our next exercise, killing spider in bathroom. As you hear your wife scream, begin with a light jog, then run to bathroom. Four, three, two, one. Find spider on wall and squat and squash. Squat and squash. Spider lunges at you. Now scream like a schoolgirl. 
Good. And sprint. Now run. Life is exercise. Snickers Marathon is energy. Great tasting, nutritious, long lasting energy for the demands of your day. Grab a Snickers Marathon in the energy bar aisle. Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Today is the day. Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Yeah, I've been drunk in the last 30 days. And how old are you? 13. Do your parents know? No. In Washington, one in six eighth graders used alcohol in the past month. I'm Governor Gregoire. We can keep kids alcohol free if we start talking now. About how many times have you had five or more drinks in a row this month? Maybe three. And how old are you? Fifteen. For more information, visit StartTalkingNow.org. That's StartTalkingNow.org. By today, all will know and wonder what to say. We are back on Recovery Coast to Coast. Heidi May is joining us tonight, radio personality in the Seattle area, woman in long-term recovery coming up on 13 years. What has been the highlight of those 13 years for you? Gosh, the highlight? I don't know. I I think uh, just being torn down in sobriety and uh, coming back, you know, Mm. being able to cope with things without drinking is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a little while ago I mentioned the death of my dad and divorce and breast cancer, but also I lost my job. Three years ago, I had, I had worked that job for 12 years, and that was really rough. Neil, I ended up losing my townhouse I uh, to foreclosure. Mm. I ended up filing for bankruptcy. Um, and now I'm finally back on my feet. Uh, I took a couple jobs that were, were totally beneath me. Boy, it was so depressing to be unemployed, but um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't drink about it, and so I don't know. I got to tell you, I feel so good right now because I feel like I'm back uh, after some really rough stuff. I'm I'm clean and sober. I didn't drink about it, and so to be able to like experience life on life ter- life's terms is really a it's a miracle rather than you know, self-medicating and all those things that I used to do. What's the role of spirituality in your recovery? Well, it's really important to me. I I think that uh, the meetings, that's where I get my soul food. Mm. That's where I get my spirituality. And um, it's just important to know that there's something greater than me. Um, It's really kind of a bummer if you think that this is it, you know, that this is it, that there's nothing bigger, and so it's really important for me to to believe in a higher power and um, just to have that faith because without it, I think I'm kind of screwed, mm. you know. And of course, after that comes gratitude. Oh yeah, I'm so grateful. Mm. Absolutely, mm. yeah. And and you stay pretty active in service work. 
I do. Um, not only in the program, but also I volunteer, you know, with Coleman, very, very active in that uh, because of my breast cancer. And I just think that if we can help someone else along in our journey, and that's why I decided um, it was one thing when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was on the air on the radio every day and just come out and be open about it. But it's another thing to do that with alcoholism. But I, I'm comfortable enough in it right now that it, that it doesn't matter anymore. When I first became sober, I was embarrassed and ashamed and not ready uh, to be able to talk about it openly and publicly. But I think if we're able to help someone else on their journey, if we can be open about things and be helpful to someone else, I think that's what it's all about for me anyway. There are a lot of people out there hurting and in need of treatment, in need of meetings, in need of a hug. Yeah, there there is an answer. There's a better way. Absolutely. Mm, mm. It's out there. Heidi May is joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. We're talking about her journey and her recovery uh, as as a person who's been in recovery since December 29th of 01. Do you ever have contact with the people you drank with? Yeah, a little bit here and there. um, And not a lot, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, my family uh, still drinks, and uh, my kids are in their 20s now, and they drink. But I don't believe they have a problem. But, no, I really don't uh, hang out with uh, the people. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. There's not much contact with mm. the people that I really drank with. And I thought they were my good friends, <laughs> you know? They were my buds. Alcohol was your good friend at that point. <laughs> Boy, you said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like saying goodbye to an old friend, was it not? Absolutely. That I really, honestly, did not know who I would be without it, you mm. know? I always, that was the one thing I could always really count on. Mm. How supportive was your husband at the time? Um, he was supportive, yeah, but he also was codependent, I think, and, and a little bit enabling with my alcohol. And, um, you know, we're no longer together, and I really honestly believe that it was a result of my sobriety. You know, yeah. you get sober and you get clarity and you mm-hmm. kind of become a different person. I got, I saw a recovery counselor for a while and... You know, you just, uh, things change mm. when you are are looking at them through clear eyes and you've got that clarity and there's no alcohol fog anymore, mm. you know. There are many people out there who are struggling who perhaps are now where you were then. What do you say to someone like that? A woman who may be listening now mm-hmm. saying, uh, you know, I- I'm not sure I can do it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wasn't sure I could do it either. If it weren't for that DUI, I, I call it divine intervention mm-hmm. because I don't know. I really never believed I could do it, and I never would have gotten myself into a meeting had I not been ordered to. But other people just walk in because they they know that, that they have no other choice. So I would just say, um, you know, I was there. I, I really thought that that was my life, but... Um, it's never too late. Don't give up hope. There's always hope. And uh, I can't say enough about recovery. Very few people wake up on a bright, sunshiny day and say, I think I'll do something about my drinking. No. You know, usually it has to be some sort of a crisis. Right. Uh, maybe it's losing a job. Maybe it's uh, uh, getting a DUI. Sure. Uh, you know, whatever, a divorce. Right. Whatever it takes, it takes to bring you to your knees and then, you know, hopefully uh, standing up again. Yeah, honestly, I think people who have been brought to their knees are more interesting, mm. to tell you the <laughs> truth. When I was, I, I'm with uh, my partner right now, and he's he's in sobriety, too. He's got, like, almost exactly a year less than me. and uh, You hold it over him? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do all the time. <laughs> I've got more sobriety than you. No, um, but 
I, I dated different people, different guys. I, I, I didn't want to rule out normies, and so I would. Uh, but I got to tell you, I think people in recovery are so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be with someone who has been brought to their knees and has that gratitude. And, you know, uh, people, honesty, humility, yeah. all of that. Yeah, humility, yeah. yeah. The, we have kind of our own little language that we speak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and that's important. Mm, my goodness. And how long have you been in this relationship? Uh, about three years. Really? And yeah. it's, it, uh, you met him in the fellowship, obviously. No. I oh, met you him, did? I met him on Match.com. You're kidding. Uh-uh. Well, on, on those online dating sites, you can specify whether you drink or not. Right. And normally, if you find someone, you know, in their 40s or 50s that says they don't drink, Clue number one. Clue number one. <laughs> so, sh- sure enough, that's uh, the one thing uh, that we ha- well we had several things in common yeah, actually, yeah. but that that's a turn on to me. My goodness, was there any any anxiety getting into a relationship in sobriety? No. Mm. Okay. I, and it trust me, it, it's not it's not been my first. It's in my longest relationship, mm-hmm. and I believe that I will probably grow old with Todd. I want to. He's wonderful. Nice. Um, but. I did have other relationships, shorter. I, I dated plenty. It didn't. It wasn't just boom. I found the right one. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And and when you're when you say go to one meeting a week now, mm-hmm. that's important to you. It's very important, and um, I if locals will understand when I say I live in Redmond and that meeting is in Linwood. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay, it's important to you. It's very <laughs> important to me. Um, I wish I could make more connections uh, in the program. Where, closer to where I live. I tried to, but probably not hard enough. It takes consistency going back over and over. And, I, you know, I just keep on going back to my mm. home group where everybody knows my name. You have know? <laughs> <laughs> been given some great gifts in recovery, haven't you? Oh, my gosh. Have I ever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I was. I'm one of the lucky ones, I feel. And and your family is all supportive? Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. yeah. The kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yet they, they drink. You're not concerned about the genetic factor? Well, I am a little, mm-hmm. but, you know, I remember one day a few years ago when my daughter was still living with me and she had a blackout. And I'm like, honey, that's a sign of alcoholism. She's And she starts crying. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to remember, though, that kids in their early 20s, college-aged kids, they have these blackouts. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't by any means mean that she's an alcoholic or, you know, I they're they're getting a little bit older now. And I just, uh, I, I hope that they don't have to go through down this road. But if they do, um, they know where to go. They know where to go. Mm-hmm. And and they they have a mom who's open and Absolutely, honest yeah. and and just very transparent about the whole thing. I, I want to be, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. outstanding. Heidi May has been joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast, talking about her journey, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Uh, I want to thank you for being open and honest and and sharing your story and and letting people know that you know there is help and yeah. there is hope. Well, thank you, Neil. It's a pretty cool show you got here. Thanks. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. Heidi May has been joining us tonight. Uh, We'll be here until midnight. Thank you for calling AAA. How can I help you? Oh, great. Hi, we've got a major malfunction going on here. What's the problem, sir? Well, the problem is that some friends and I decided to go whitewater rafting down this river just outside of town. Sounds adventurous. Yeah, well, it was until one of us who kept his keys in his pocket lost them. Hello. <laughs> when he fell, up, oh, I'm sorry, was thrown out of the raft by some supposed That's tidal wave. Real big. <laughs> oh, so you're locked out. Well, we were until our friend Brian came out with an extra set of keys. So you're not locked out. Uh, no. 
but Brian is. Nice job, Brian. The genius locked his keys in the car when he got out to give us our extras. Bummer. Exactly. Well, tell Brian to hang tight, and we'll be right out. Oh, you are the best. See, I told you, man. They're the best. At AAA, we understand it's never just the lockout. That's why we're dedicated to helping you with quick personal service to get you moving again. AAA. We're not just about cars. We're about you. Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or visit AAA.com. Join now and get $10 off a of basic membership. If you're considering a career as a chemical dependency counselor, here are five reasons to enroll at the Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies. It's recommended for up to 24 hours of college credit by the American Council on Education, offers an accelerated distance learning program, is an ADAC-approved provider, and their training meets the criteria for the Certified Justice Professional Certification. Plus, student loans are also available. Start your career today. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. Amazing. Yeah. Mm, totally. Mm, there's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm -hmm. More lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon-lime flavor is totally zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with mm. more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I know. it. I uh, And it's diet, too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. Oh, <laughs> Try new Diet Diet 7-Up, now with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. Diet 7-Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon-lime flavors in Diet 7-Up today. You knew you couldn't go on like this. Alcohol was ruining your life. But there was no way you could take time away from work to get help until now. Sundown Am Ranch Outpatient Program fits your schedule and it works. Sundown Am Ranch, located outside of Yakima, Washington, offers individual, group, and family counseling, plus relapse prevention services. Their nationally recognized drug and alcohol treatment programs will put you on the road to recovery. Get your life back on track. Go online at www.sundown.org to learn more. Do not depend on one thing or trust to only one resource, however preeminent. Balthasar Gracian. When we think of dependency, what usually comes to mind are addictive substances, such as alcohol and cocaine, or addictive behavior patterns, such as compulsive overeating. But there are other, less obvious kinds of dependency that can be just as destructive. What about dependency on people? places and things. Haven't we all met someone whose self-image and actual identity depend on a job title or a particular make of car? And certainly we know how easy it is to become dependent on a partner for emotional security. If we're inclined to be overly dependent on people or things, it's usually because we feel inadequate or unsure of ourselves. But unfortunately, when we go outside of ourselves for emotional security, what we end up with is only a false sense of security that often becomes a form of bondage. And if the relationship ends or we lose the job title or exotic car, we're left feeling helpless and empty. It's less likely that we'll fall into such dependency traps if we have a strong identity and healthy self-image. But these qualities don't come automatically. 
We have to be willing to work for our personal security and confidence, rather than trying to get them the easy way from people, places, or things. Thought for today, dependency comes in many forms. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? Well, you know, there is help and there is hope at Sundown M Ranch. They'll focus on you and your disease, and you'll discover the dependence on drugs and alcohol is not living at all. Sundown M Ranch is a nationally recognized alcohol and drug addiction treatment center outside of Yakima, Washington. They'll help you reclaim your life and transform your fears into hope. Take the first step right now. Go online at www.sundown.org. I promise to hug my husband. I promise to eat a vegetable as big as my head. What promises have you made today? I promise not to paint the living room. American Family Insurance knows promises are easy to make. Until my wife picks out a color she likes. But they're not always easy to keep. At American Family, the commitments we make are commitments we intend to keep. Because our promises are the foundation of relationships we've built with generations of policyholders. I promise to take my dog for a walk. We promise to treat your family like our family and give you honest, straightforward answers. We promise. I like taking my dog for a walk. Visit AmFam.com to find an American Family Agent near you. American Family Insurance. All your protection under one roof. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its subsidiaries. Home Office, Madison, Wisconsin. The Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies Distance Learning Training offers the required curriculum necessary to start working as a chemical dependency counselor. It's academically solid, provides learning experiences in various formats with an emphasis on treatment, prevention, counseling techniques, case management, and other related areas, offering basic knowledge and skills to be a successful chemical dependency counselor. Find out more about this NADAC-approved training. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. First, your child's heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Your child may experience nausea and want to sleep it off. Hopefully, your child will resist that urge and won't slip into a coma or die from this prescription painkiller overdose. Of course, kids who learn about the dangers of drugs from their parents are 40% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than those who don't. So talk to your child now, and there's a pretty good chance that this will never happen to your child. For more information, visit drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for a Drug-Free Washington in America. Need professional-looking documents? Office Depot can help. From small jobs to bound presentations, bring in your document or submit it at officedepot.com. We'll ship virtually anywhere. Plus, our work is backed by the Office Depot Satisfaction Guarantee. Office Depot, taking care of business. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details.
You've been listening to Recovery Coast to Coast, a program feature of the Nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. Recovery Coast to Coast is heard nightly from 10 p.m. till midnight Pacific Time, Monday through Friday, from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio. For information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org, where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming programs. Please join us next time when we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. The Bright Side of Addiction is recovery.